0: You know, I'm going to use an illustration this morning that I've never used. I was, again, I really believe God spoke to me in a dream. Uh, I I woke up in the middle of the night and I saw this. I've never seen it done before, but it worked the first service, so we pray that it's going to work this second service as well. Uh, To have your Bibles, turn to Ezekiel chapter 22. And as you read Ezekiel 22, it's like reading a modern-day newspaper if you read it with those kind of eyes. Verse 24, Son of man, say to the land, You are a land that has not been rained on in the day of wrath. In other words, drought is all across the land. Things are dying. Now, I'm an eternal optimist, and I'm thankful, and I mean this, I'm thankful for the privilege of having been born in America. But as I thought about this, I was taken back to, um, I'd say Michelle and David were probably 12 and 10. And Dr. Richard Halverson, who was chaplain of the U.S. Senate, I'd gotten to know him. And I called him one day and asked him if we could come by his office. So we we were homeschooling and we took Michelle and David up to Washington to visit a number of the monuments and see the scriptures that are uh, on those monuments. And we went to the Senate And up into Dr. Halverson's office and I asked him to explain to them what he had shared with me his description of America and he described America as a cut flower she still retains much of her beauty the fragrance and aroma that made her great is still there but she's been severed from her roots and unless she reconnects with her roots she will continue to dwindle and fade and die now that was uh over 20 years ago probably 30 years ago because david yeah it was 30 at least 30 years ago and you look at what has happened all across our land in those 30 years it's absolutely appalling and you know people tell me at times you, you need to stay out of politics and i am this is not political but it's just an illustration of where we are as a country. If you ever go to Israel, I hope we can go again. I've got a group hopefully going in October. don't know it's going to happen. I've had to cancel the last two. I was supposed to be there when the war broke out, and I was supposed to take another group in March of this year. And Of course, that's not happening. But we usually go to Jordan first and then into Israel. And when you get to the border, The Jordanian officials check your passport, and once you clear there, you walk about 100 yards through what is no man's land until you get to the Israeli border, where they again check everything to make sure they will let you into their country. I want you to get that picture. What's happening in our country right now is evil on steroids. And it's time that somebody says something about it that is wrong. And I, I will say it without apology. I'm not talking about Democrats. I'm not talking about Republicans. I'm talking about what is. Your land that has not been rained on. Then he goes on and talks about why, what's what's happening within the culture. There's a conspiracy. You think about that. That's a strong word. There's conspiracy of her princes within her, like roaring lions tearing its prey, they devour people, take treasures and precious things, and make many widows within her. Her priests do violence to my law and profane my holy things. They do not distinguish between the holy and the common. They teach that there is no difference between the unclean and the clean. And they shut their eyes to the keeping of my Sabbath, so that I am profaned among them. Her officials within her are like wolves tearing their prey. They shed blood and kill people to make unjust gain. Her prophets whitewash these deeds for them by lying false visions and lying deviations. They say this is what the sovereign Lord says when the Lord has not even spoken. The people of the land practice extortion, commit robbery. They oppress the poor and needy and mistreat the alien, denying them justice. And I look for someone among them who would build up the wall and stand before me in the gap on behalf of the land so that I would not have to destroy it. This is one of the saddest verses in the Bible, I think. But I found none. I want you to think about that. He's making that presentation. I don't know how large the group was. But everybody sat on their hands and kept silent. Now, let's look at several things. The prophet in the Old Testament was someone that got alone with God and came forth to say, thus saith the Lord. You know, you really need to pray hard for your pastoral staff. I thank God for abundant life. Thank God for Pastor Vernon. I thank God for the fact that they're standing on the truth of the Word of God. But there are pastors all across this land, denominations all across this land that have abandoned the faith. And there are people that still think because I went to this particular school or I've been a part of this particular denomination, everything's okay. No, it's not okay. They have abandoned the faith. And you cannot be a part of it. In other words, if you see uh, a church flying a rainbow flag, keep driving. Amen. (laughs) Don't stop. If you see a school that's supporting that, go somewhere else. Don't go there. Amen, Steve, preach it. Okay, so the prophets are no longer speaking the truth. It's amazing, denomination after denomination after denomination have abandoned the faith. I still believe everything I believed when I was in college. I didn't leave them, they left me. Amen. Amen. You got to take a stand and say, I'm not there. I don't care, my mom and dad, my grandparents have been a part of this for years and years and years and years, they left me. I'm not going to stay there. Preachers have got to stand up and speak the truth. And if your preacher's not speaking the truth, you need to go somewhere where truth is being spoken. Amen, Steve. Yes. Amen. Okay, so now the, the prophet is compared to the preacher of today, the priest. We, as a part of the New Testament church, believe in the priesthood of all believers. You, If you know Christ in a personal way, you are a priest. Did you know that? You've been ordained as a priest. I want you to say it on the count of three. I am a priest. One, two, three. I am a priest. Wow. I want that to sink in. You are a priest assigned by God on commission to stand strong for him and to represent him. But the priest, I mean, he's very, very clear here what's happening with the priest. They do violence to my law, profane my holy things. They do not distinguish between the holy and the common. They teach there's no difference between the clean and the unclean. And they shut their eyes to the keeping of my Sabbath. Now, I, I, I know that maybe there was a time the church was over here in bondage to legalism. But I fear we've allowed that pendulum to swing so far this way. We're so close to the world, there's very little difference between us and them. Don't that sink in. Then he hits the officials, the the politicians, and he's very clear about what's going on there. They do violence. They they kill, destroy. I mean, it's amazing what is happening in our country. Then he ends up with the people. Well, if your leadership is rotten from top to bottom, no wonder there's cynicism among, among the people. I mean, there was a time when I'd be flying somewhere and somebody asked you what you do. Well, I'm an evangelist. They'd get up and move (laughs) because that whole term is corruption. Now, thank God for Billy Graham and his integrity and I've never met anybody that didn't think he was a good person and he was. I had the privilege of being at his funeral and he had a great impact on my life but their perception of church is not good. And we got to change that. We need to be good representatives as priests of God, as leaders of God, of truth and right. That's our calling. And then at the end of his message, he says, I look for somebody. Now, I love that because he said anybody. He, He didn't give any criteria. I look for somebody, just an anybody, not not somebody that was good-looking, not somebody that was well-spoken, not somebody that had a lot of money, not somebody that had a lot of education. I just look for somebody. And see, I take comfort in that because I figured out a long time ago, if God could use a donkey to talk for him, I'm home free. (laughs) He can use you. See, the only ability that God needs from any of us is availability. Okay? And I want you to say, Lord, I, I'm available. Use me for Your honor and Your glory. He said, "But look for somebody to stand in the gap and build up the hedge." And, and I found no one. I, I mean, I can't imagine somebody that said, "Hey, put me down. I, I, I'm in." But I found none. And I want to speculate. This scripture's silent, so I'm going to speculate as to why He didn't find anybody. One, I don't think they cared enough. Oh, I, I think if you said, don't you see what's going on in our country? Don't you see what's going on in the church? Don't you care? Well, yeah, care. Sure, care. But evidently, they didn't care enough. Secondly, they didn't share enough. Oh, I, I think if they would passed an offering paid or if they said, hey, the boxes are at the exit, put, put your money in. Oh, yeah, I'll put something in. But they didn't share enough to make a difference. Care. They didn't dare enough. I haven't heard this song in a long time, but I remember as a kid we used to sing it. Maybe some of you remember it. Dare to be a Daniel. Dare to stand alone. There's some daring involved when you say yes to Jesus. I mean, you may end up on the mission field. You may end up in ministry. You may end up, and he says, give this, and you said, do what? There's some daring involved. To, to use a gambler's terminology, there, there's a time that we just push all the, and I'm not a gambler, but you push all the chips in the middle of the table and say, we're going for broke on this one. See, when Jesus calls a person, he calls them to come and die. You've been called. When you said yes to Jesus to come and die. Wow. Die? Yeah. Die to self. Scripture says, I have been crucified with Christ. Okay? I want you to say with me on the count of three if you know Christ. I have been crucified with Christ. Let's do it together. I have been crucified with Christ. And I no longer live. Together. I. But the life I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and delivered himself up for me. That's what God called us to. When Bonhoeffer was in that German prison camp, just before his death, he said this When Jesus calls a person, he calls them to come and die. See, you're no longer your own, you've been bought with a price. And what bought you is not some blood mobile, and I encourage you to give blood, but Jesus Christ gave his blood, shed his blood, so that you could be set free, so that you could have life and that life more abundantly. And when he did that, and you said yes to him, you became an ambassador for Christ. That's your responsibility. You are an ambassador for Christ. Now, if this afternoon you go home and the phone rings, regardless of what you think of him, and so it's his hole for the President of the United States, you think it's a joke. But then his voice comes on and you realize it really is President Biden. And he's asking you to be an ambassador, say, to England. I would suggest to you that's one of the highest honors as an American citizen you could ever receive. Not talking about political things. I'm just saying it's a, a high honor to be asked to be an ambassador. As an ambassador to another country, representing America. Huge responsibility. But I want you to know that every one of us has received a phone call from the king of kings and lord of lords to be his ambassador wow you are an ambassador for our king and the choice you have is to do it faithfully and my my question to you this morning have you made that right decision one have you said yes have you stepped into the kingdom are you serving as a faithful ambassador? See, it's, it's a responsibility that all of us have. One day, I'm going to stand before the living God and give an account of what I've done as his representative. Have I represented you well? Whoa. See, I, I'm in business. I'm in, yeah, You're an ambassador for Christ wherever you are. I couldn't do what I do without friends who believe in what I'm doing. Abundant Life has me on their missions budget. That's what enables me to do what I do. You are part of that responsibility. What God's going to do through this new building is, I I, I can't even get my head around what God's going to do with it, but he's going to reach a whole new generation for Christ. That's your business. You're you're a part of that. You sow and don't reap. Somebody's going to reap after you. There are going to be people reaping after. We're all gone. Praise God for that. If you sow and don't reap, somebody's going to be reaping after you. Just be faithful, a faithful ambassador. The other part of that, if you reap having not sown, maybe you just showed up, you didn't have any part of this building, but you decided to be a part of this church and there are people that sowed into it long before you got here and you're going to be a part of reaping the crop that somebody else planted. If, if you reap having not sown, thank God for those that sowed you before you and be humble. We're all in this together. Somebody needs to stand in the gap though with one hand in the hand of God and the other hand reaching out to a world that desperately needs to know Christ that's what God's called us to do my friend choices choices of what am I going to do with what God's put in my hand for some of you he's put a lot in your hand what are you gonna do with it choices now I want you to listen to a song by one of my favorite singers He's with the Lord now. He lived a very difficult life. I mean a difficult life. And he sings about it. And then I'm going to come back and talk to you a little bit more. He sang a number of times. He was a... I, I loved his music. I really did. And he made a lot of bad choices if you know anything about him. But thank God before he died, he made it right. And he died in love with Jesus. All of us can think of choices we've made and we all do dumb things. Uh, some of us live past those dumb things to learn more. But, again, I woke up in the middle. I'd, I'd never seen this illustration. I've only seen it once. And that was the first service. <laughs> it worked. So, uh, Pastor Vernon, and who else is going to help me? Kevin, where are you? Uh, we all have choices to make, okay? And I want you to think through this. Uh, this side over here represents right choices and now this is simply an illustration okay these three and you can choose who's who they're representing God the Father God the Son and God the Holy Spirit it's just an illustration it's not real okay (laughs) you know that okay and uh Jesus said I came that you might have life that you might have it more abundantly that's this side. the enemy said I came to steal kill and destroy he wants you down He wants to destroy you and there are all kinds of ways that he can destroy you most of us this morning have put our foot over here you're on this ladder but there's some of us that are trying to live this way it's not not very comfortable you got one foot in the kingdom one foot in the world Uh, are you saved Uh, yeah if you said yes to jesus but that's not where god wants you uh And as you, maybe maybe you're at a service like this, and you decide to go up another rung, but you decide to keep one foot over here, and it gets a little uncomfortable. And this one's not stable. See, the enemy wants you down, Kevin. Nobody's holding this ladder. Uh, Do you want to try another one? Not very stable, is it? And at some point, it's going to take you down. Come back down a little bit. Okay. See, some of you are trying to live that way. And I don't know what it is, but maybe you're still messing with pornography for some of you. You think nobody knows about it, but God does. And he wants to set you free from that. It'll destroy you. It'll destroy your marriage. It can destroy your life. Uh, Maybe it's alcohol. Maybe you're in bondage to that. Maybe it's lying. Maybe it's unfaithfulness. Uh, I've got, uh, he's with the Lord now. He was a pastor friend of mine. I mean, really good. We vacationed together. His kids are the same age as our kids. And I remember where I was the day that I got a call that he had messed up and lost his credentials. And I I remember, you remember bag phones? I remember calling him. And he answered the phone and I said, Dave, and he realized it was me. Both of us are crying. And as a pastor, he got hooked on pornography and it took him down. He lost his credentials. The rest of his life he ended up working as a funeral director. He got things straight with the Lord. But see, that's what the enemy wants to do. He wants to bring you down. Um, I've had other friends that got addicted to alcohol. I'm not saying alcohol is bad. Some of you may think it's terrible, and that's fine. Um, My mom and dad would have been in that category. But... I know God doesn't want you in bondage to it. So I'm not here to talk about the right and wrong of it, but it will destroy you if you let it have control of you. One of my best friends had two bouts of alcohol. He was president of a college, became vice president of another college, and the only reason he kept getting jobs is because of his, his dad. But I remember one day, I, I, he worked for me for 10 years before he went on to be with the Lord. Some of you may have remembered him, John, John Rice. Wonderful gentleman. And he told me, I'm only one drink away from where I was. But at the right moment, John made a good decision, like Kevin's going to make. Because, see, you got over here stability. Doesn't mean there won't be problems. But, see, God's for you, not against you. He's got plans for you, plans for your future. And you can trust him. The enemy has plans for you too. He wants to destroy you. He came to kill, steal, and destroy. I mean, to me, common sense says this is where you want to be. I love you. I've gone to prepare a place for you. I came that you might have life, that you might have it more abundantly. But in a crowd this size, there are some of you that are still trying to live like this. And this morning... I want to invite you to get on the right team. He has the power to set you free from whatever you're struggling with. Maybe it's something I mentioned. Maybe it's something I didn't mention. But God knows, and he wants to set you free. Maybe it's an eating disorder. He can deliver you. He can give you victory. Maybe it's anxiety. I I don't know what it is. But there's power on this side for you to be everything that God created you to be. Would you stand with me for prayer?